Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio. And after two weeks, you guessed it, your boy is back. It's your host, Ethan Hamilton. And after a month-long hiatus, it's the return. The return. The return of my co-host, Carissa Ellis, and my man, Gage Sutton, on the boards. How you guys doing? What is up, guys? I've missed you guys. How are y'all? I've been going. It's been going all right, man. You know, I'm really excited to talk about some Texas State football, a little bit of uh, got a pretty cool interview at uh, the break. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to this episode, Ethan. Bad. Me too, man. And I'm really excited to talk about Texas State football today and Texas State basketball. But before we can get into it, Gage, with a word from our sponsor. All right, guys. Twin Peaks Restaurant Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Appreciate that, Gage. Well, guys, let's just jump right into it. Texas State football, after a promising start to the season with a close loss to SMU and a close loss against UTSA and a win against ULM, Texas State is... Finished the season with a two and ten record and a two and six record in conference, landing them third place in the Western Division. So, guys, what are your guys' reactions to the end of the season? Well, you know, it was just a really weird season for the Bobcats. I think, I think they played a lot better than their record suggests, but at the same time, it's just like, you, you know, you were hoping that the record was going to be improved upon from last season, at least a little bit more. Um, you know, because this was Jake Spavadol's second year, first year play calling. And basically this was his whole kind of recruiting class. A lot of the guys that he brought in from Juco and stuff like that. So I was just hoping to see a little bit more out of them. But there were a lot of bright spots, Carissa. Did you want to get into some of those? Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you what you said, just how <laughs> we just how they played was just so much better than what their record said you know I just feel like they did they did really good we had some amazing players um our running backs were kind of I, I feel like we're probably some of our stars this year uh Brock Sturgis Calvin Hill even Jamal Jeter uh, we got him at the end of the year but he still did good when he was here when he when he could finally play for us um but our our running backs just had such a good year um Sturges and Hill both um kind of I, I, their records were very similar this year um Brock led in attempts with uh, 111 and Calvin right behind him with 101. Both players made five touchdowns and I think we'll definitely look forward to seeing them on the roster next season and see more improvement from them next year. Yeah, I mean like you said, the running backs were probably the standouts on the offense along with my man Marcel Barbie who I thought was prior our player of the year. I mean, he's tied for second in the FBS in touchdowns with 10 on the year, and he was just, he was just great all around. Not the yards won't necessarily show it, but the touchdowns, I mean, they speak for himself. He was great in the red zone, great when you needed him most. He's really good at those jump ball 50-50s, and he was always a safety blanket for whoever was that quarterback, whether it was Tyler Vitt or Brady McBride. Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad you brought Marcel Barbie up because Marcel Barbie will be returning to Texas State, as far as we know, next season. But one guy who won't be because he will be taking his talents to the NFL draft 
is standout wide receiver Jeremiah Haydell, who, I mean, if you guys have been watching Texas State football games at all at this this season, he was amazing. He was making crazy catches. Uh, you know, he had amazing returns on punt returns and kick returns. And, you know, Jeremiah Haydell is one of those guys who kind of needed to go into the draft this year because he played so well this season that it was. it's hard to think that he probably would have if he would have stayed at Texas State one more season, that his draft stock would have risen any more than it is right now. So, you know, not to say that Jeremiah uh, Jeremiah will be missed at Texas State, but they have a, or the Bobcats have a lot of weapons that, you know, are going to kind of come into their own, including Marcel Barbie, Jamari Cherie. They got a lot of guys who can st- step up and kind of take that role that Jeremiah is going to be leaving. Yeah, if there would be one word to describe, describe Jeremiah, it'd be electric. I mean, yeah. The highlight plays, the ESPN, Sports Center, top ten, one week after another. It's like he owns real estate there, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's there every single week, week in and week out with the highlight plays. And as a returner where I think his skill best fits, he's electric. I mean, the UTSA game, if it wasn't for a couple missed field goals, he would have had probably the play of the year with the walk off punt return. Yeah. And you know, that's that's the great thing about Jeremiah is I think he's a great wide receiver, but like you said, he's an electric punt returner and kick returner, uh, return specialist, as a lot of people like to say it in the NFL. So, you know, we talked about a little bit about the offense and the wide receivers and the weapons that they're going to have, but, you know, I think the big story of this season was the quarterbacks. So with Brady McBride and Tyler Vick kind of switching in between the two, Carissa, what did you think about the whole situation between those two guys? I think they both had a really good year. I think when they played, they played really well. They played with their hearts. But I think that they were also playing so well um, because they knew that they were kind of in competition with each other. I mean, they're both phenomenal quarterbacks. Um, Brady McBride really stood out this year. Of course, I don't think Tyler Vitt just didn't play as much as Brady McBride did. So, of course, he had a lot more opportunities for things. Um, But Brady McBride, I mean, he's got a bunch of awards, too. The Earl Campbell Week 11 Player of the Week, uh, the Davey O'Brien Award uh, for the Great Eight. Um, and the Manning Award as well. Um, I mean, he just, he really stood out. He had a great season. He had 17 touchdowns, 1,925 passing yards, and 103 pass completions. I mean, he was really, I mean, he just stood out. What do you think, Age? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, too, Brady had limited snaps like we talked about, and only throwing inter- uh, seven interceptions on the 17 touchdowns that he threw, that's progress. And I think Jake Spadwell is going to want to work with that. But at the same time, Ethan, something that we need to talk about is the recruiting class that's going to be coming in. And if I'm Jake Spavadol, although maybe I do like Brady McBride, maybe you go into the offseason and look for a quarterback as well. Absolutely. Because, I mean, like, a, it was probably a roller coaster, like, at the quarterback position because you want the quarterback to be, position to be the most stable, mm-hmm. the most because it is the most important position on the field. And with COVID going on and just their both quarterbacks, Tyler Vitt and Brady McBride's inability to kind of just consistency throughout the throughout the season really hurt them. But they both, each each of them had their standout games. I mean, you look at Tyler Vitt, his game against ULM earlier in the season really put him into the conversation of should he be starting over uh, Tyler Vitt or should he be starting over Brady McBride or not? And then because it kind of took Brady a while to get going. He was up and down. Um, throughout the season and I think his highlight of the year had to have been the Arkansas State game where he threw for over 400 yards and five touchdown passes I think that's what a lot of Bobcat fans were looking to, um, looking to see much more of when they heard that he was coming to Texas State yeah and you know we've been talking about the offense basically the whole show but we, we thought the defense was going to be a lot better too a lot more improved from last season too uh, so 
I, I know you brought a few stats on that, Ethan. What was one of the big stats that you saw that I guess contributed to why the defense was so kind of lackluster at points this, uh, during the season? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the the defensive line. I mean, they were only able to commit 12 sacks throughout the year, which is the second worst or the second lowest amount of sacks for any team in the Sun Belt. Uh, the only team that had a really a worse worse record when it comes to that was ULM. And they just weren't great on third down. And that that's like a offense and defensive issue. Like on offense, they only converted 33.1% of the time. And on, de- on the defensive side of the ball, they allowed the opposition to convert about 48.9% of the time. Yeah, and you know, I will say one of the things that I did like about the defense for the Bobcats this season was, I mean, I think the secondary was really good. I, I think... Ultimately, the defense has to be a mixture of two things. You have to be able to put pressure on the quarterback, and then in the secondary, you have to play good coverage. So with guys like Baby J. Morris and Zion Childress kind of coming into their own and playing that well, I think, uh, you know, this offseason, you really should be looking for a pass rusher. Yeah, I want to talk about Jaron Morris. I think he really stood out this season, guys. He had 69 total tackles, 51 of them solo, four interceptions for 106 gaining yards. I mean, he he just really, I think he really had a good season. He really stood out for us this year. And I think the secondary, they weren't bad. I mean, they had 12 interceptions on the year, which pushes them like in the middle of the pack when it comes to other teams in the Sun Belt um, taking the ball away. But if... If the defense or if the defensive line can't get to the quarterback, when you can see like the the secondary has the ability to hold up these wide receivers and tight ends, um, to give enough time for these D linemen to get to the quarterback. If they're not able to do that, then you're going to see a lot more of what you saw this year in the upcoming years. Well, I mean that's going to be it for Texas State football. They lost their last game against Coastal Carolina, but it was a very promising year, and we're looking forward to seeing them what they're going to be able to do in the off season when it comes to recruiting, and. If you're listening, this is KTSW 89.9, and when we're back, we're going to be talking with San Marcos High School basketball assistant coach Jason Napoli. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Stephen Trout, head coach of Texas State Baseball, and you're listening to Bobcat Radio. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio, and we just finished up talking about Texas State football, but now we're going to move on to San Marcos High School basketball after they got a win against Austin LBJ last night. Um, and on the line, we have San Marcos High School basketball assistant coach Jason Napoli. Coach Nap, can you hear us? Yeah, I got you guys. What's going on? We're doing good. We're doing good. How does it feel to get a win last night, especially uh, before district play? Hey, man. It, uh... With our schedule, any win's a bonus. You know, um, we started off with three top 20 opponents and uh, didn't get the outcomes we wanted, but but we did see growth through those three games, and it's come out the la- our last two games against Temple and uh, last night against LBJ. So um, to see the kids respond and um, come out and play hard, it's it's always it's always a good thing as a coach. Speaking about growth, I mean, in the past week, Malik is. Um, increase his scoring total for his um, high school career at San Marcos, and he's only one point off of 1,000 points for the Rattlers. And Caden uh, scored his career high in points with 29 points a, a few games ago. How proud, are, how proud are you are you of the growth that those two have shown, especially from their freshman now, year to now? I'll tell you, the, those two kids that just get after it. They're always in the gym. They're gym rats. And, uh, you know, any, any, any time a high school kid scores 1,000 points, uh, period, much less before they're even done with their sophomore years is is unbelievable. You know, we got, you know, Malik's 
top 50 in the class in the nation and Caden if he's not top 50 he should be I've, I've said it numerous times he's he's the best point guard that I've ever worked with and uh, he's only a sophomore so it's just going to get better and better and and the thing that impresses me both about both them is they want to work hard and two they're they're taking the role of, of being the leaders of the team to heart like it means a lot to them to be to be in charge and and um kind of run the show uh you know when it's not coming from pinch try so yeah we're excited to see them uh keep playing this season and see i mean how much better they can even improve from what they're even at now um what are y'all doing to prepare for lockhart this weekend well you know it, some sometimes it's not about the opponent sometimes it's about what you're doing in, inside and um we just got to continue to be a better us and um and, and build and and grow as as a unit and as a team and, and you know get that that chemistry and everything that's going to be important for us when we hit district and and it, it, God willing we win some games uh, you know uh, the playoffs so um, we're just we're just we're focused on us right now just getting better um, every day is is a day to get better you either get better or you get worse and and if if you stay in the same spot the other teams are getting better so you. I mean, it, it it doesn't help you any. So um, we just we, we come 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 to work every morning, put our hard hats on, and and, and do our thing. So um, yeah, we're really not focused. I mean, yes, you got to respect your opponent, and yes, you got to watch some film and 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 prepare for 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 the guys that are coming up. But right now, our growth and and what we're going to do as a unit is more about us than it is anybody else. So. We're just focused. We're focused on getting better every day. So, this morning in practice, me and Gage came up there to see how you guys were working out, and we spoke to Isaiah DeLeon, and he was talking about how um, now coming back into the basketball court, especially with spending much of the semester on, on a different sport, playing football. Um, how has it been like adjusting guys like him and other football players who are coming back onto the basketball team this semester into just getting prepared for a district play? Well, I mean, I mean, obviously we we've worked with the guys that have been basketball only for for you know a couple months now, and you know as far as schemes and things we do every day in practice, they're a little further ahead. But what they haven't got and what the football pr- players coming over bring to us is is, is a little different uh, mentality and toughness. You know, they go out there and, and put their you know bodies and, and hearts and souls on the line every every snap every play and and it, that brings a different mentality and different toughness to the gym and um I've, i mean in 2009 at DeSoto three football players um came over and and one of them ended up being the the MVP 2015 state championship Tristan Wallace uh, came over from football and brought a different mentality and ended up being the the state tournament MVP. So I mean those those guys just bring it, it. It's different out on the field, you know, getting hit every play and especially Isaiah. He touches the ball every play. So I mean he's always he's always in the mix and and he's got to make decisions and 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 we're excited to have those guys back over and, and just kind of bring a little little extra juice as Coach Pinchback says to to practice. So. Yeah, yeah, Coach. Uh, you know, before I ask you the next question, uh, you know, we just want to say prayers out to Coach Pinchback. I know he's uh, currently in uh, San, Ge- San Angelo with his mother right now, and uh, we just want to give him some love from KTSW and send him some uh, good, positive vibes. Yeah, for sure. We're praying. But, 
I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, again, me and Ethan got to talk to Isaiah earlier today and, you know, he was one of the, he was one of the like focal points of the offense, obviously being the quarterback for the football team. So is he bringing kind of that leadership that you would expect from a quarterback onto the basketball team? Uh, I know he's only a sophomore too, but how, how is he kind of mixing in with uh, Malik and Caden uh, and a bunch of those other guys? Well, the good thing about those guys is they, they've, they've been playing together since they were little. So like their chemistry and they know each other real well. And um, yeah, obviously we're, as he, as he, gets back into the gym and and we're going to ask him to, to you know bring some of those leadership qualities he learned this year as, as the starting quarterback so um you know it's it's just one of those things like as they as they come in obviously day one was today for for Isaiah and so I don't expect him to to walk in and, and control the room immediately um but it's going to be a growing process and he's going to learn and he's going to you know, as we go through the season, we're going to have bumps and bruises and ups and downs, and and it's going to take more than one leader to to get this get this thing going when you got seven sophomores and and two juniors as your main guys. Yeah, you're right, coach. And you know, it's it is really encouraging to see Caden and Malik, and you know, a lot of these younger guys taking the, the leadership reins, but. I guess one of the things I wanted to ask you, it's a fairly straightforward question, but what do, what do you think are some of the things that, you know, you guys are doing well, but you probably could do better moving into district play? Well, um, I don't remember when you guys got there this morning, so I don't remember if you heard me talk about, um, you know, there, there, there's, there's that top 10 poster out there of things you can do that you don't have to be a great athlete to be successful. And, and, and the number one thing is effort, um, being dressed appropriately, being on time, little things that you can do as an individual that has nothing to do with basketball. That, And I think if our young kids focus on that and make themselves their best self and bring what they can bring to the floor, all the basketball stuff's going to work out. I told them, I said, wins and losses come. Like, I've been coaching for almost 20 years. I got plenty of wins and losses. But but what makes me excited and, and makes me want to get out of bed in the morning and come to work at at the crack of dawn is seeing young people work hard and and tr- and try to be successful. Um, you know, not only as individuals but for for the for the family for the team. And you know, we wear our shirts as family for a reason. And and it's it's about the guy next to you. And I I, I work hard for Coach Pinch and. And he works hard for the kids, and and the kids work hard for each other, and and as long as long as we focus on the things we can control, we can't do anything about wins and losses. We can't do anything about buckets going in. We can't do anything about calls the officials make. But if we come to work every day and and we focus on what we can control, you know, I I think we're going to end up being in a good position at the end of the year. So that's that. Those are the things we focus on, and. And um, we try to instill in these young men. So, well, Coach, uh, you know we really, we really do uh, like that message that you're sending, kind of to those guys. And I guess one of the other, I guess one of the last questions I do want to ask you before we close the show off is, how do you kind of find that balance between not just coaching these guys to be good basketball players, but to become better men? Uh, where do you kind of find that balance? Well, I mean. We only, 
like I said, we only can control what we can control, and we only have these kids when they're with us. So when they go out and they're with their parents and their families and their community, and we can't control that. So the time they do spend with us, we're, we're going to get – we're as I say, we're going to get our money's worth. We're, we're going to instill in them and talk to them. Um, sometimes it's going to be tough love, and, and they're not going to like what we have to say. But at the same time, as long as you're sending that message and they continue to grow and, and learn, um, you know, we, it, it, it's, bigger, it's bigger than basketball. We want them to be great fathers and great husbands one day. We want them to give back to the community. Um, so we, we do some, some little things that, that we try to entice them or make them understand the importance of it. We got our little guy, Tyler, that comes around and um, – with with the program CC for C and, you know, we, we, we involve the fire and police in, in our program and, and pastor Emilio from promised land comes and does devotionals every day or every game. And, you know, just, just all the extra stuff we, we try to do. Um, so, some, sometimes just being around it, it rubs off on you and, and you pick something up, you know, I, I wasn't the greatest kid. I, I probably made a lot of mistakes that these kids, haven't made in their life and but I learned from it and I learned you know my my parents were I'm blessed to have parents that that were there to support me and you know I just if I can give back a little bit just for them to hold on to for the future I mean that I mean that's that's more important I mean if you look at today's society like there's a lot of negative negativity with politics and and media and and all those things going on like give them something positive to hold on to. And, and, and maybe one day they'll, they'll remember that and, and uh, give that knowledge or, or, or their effort or, or their contribution back to somebody down the road. So it's a better place for, for my, my kids and my grandkids to be around. So, I mean, that's, I mean, when you look at it, that that's more important than, than, than shooting the hoop, you know, putting the ball in the hoop and, making some layups and playing some defense. Wow. Like, I think I can speak for all of us here. We're all kind of speechless <laughs> and just like about the profound response that you have. And for everyone that's listening, that's what San Marcos Rattler basketball and just San Marcos is about. And so we'd like to thank you, Coach, for coming on here today. And we wish you guys luck this weekend against Lockhart. Man, well, I thank you guys and so- – Sorry, I'm not as exciting and, and, and talk like uh, Coach Pinchback, but <laughs> I, I'm glad y'all invited us to be on the show today, and, and we appreciate everything you all do. And I'll, I'll say it again and again. If you're in Bobcat Nation and you hear this, man, KTSW is where it's at, so we appreciate you guys. <laughs> we really appreciate you, Coach. Uh, definitely not the case. We love having you on the show, and uh, we'll definitely have you on. Uh, soon again and actually before we before we let you go i did want to ask you what is your favorite holiday song man it's funny so so i was listening to a radio show this morning coming into work and and they were talking about the only two uh top songs on the billboard charts ever and uh one of them was mariah carey obviously and uh the the other one was the the chipmunk song Oh boy! <laughs> and, and I had a big, I had a big old smile on my face listening to that Chipmunk song. <laughs> and uh, since you brought up the, I know you guys are music guys too. Last time you asked me about my playlist, well, I've added a couple new ones to my playlist Ooh. for pregame. One's Ice Cube. Today was a good day. All right. And then the second one is 
um, the the Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling. Oh, you I can't go. Feeling, you can't go wrong with them. I got a feeling that this year is going to be special, and, and we'll talk about it down the road. So, thank you guys for having us on, and uh, God bless everybody, and and I hope everybody has a good holiday, and come out and support Rattler basketball. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach Knapp. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate you. Have a good day. Later. You too. Well, this is KCSW 89.9 Bobcat Radio. And for those who are listening, that was San Marcos High School basketball assistant coach Jason Napoli. And what a great interview that was. I, I always love talk, talking to Coach, Na, uh, coach Nap and Coach Pinchback. Those guys just bring so much energy. And they, they just really do care about those kids. And you can tell how they talk about them, too. And I, I was literally speechless. So yeah. we were all like sitting here looking around each other like, oh, my gosh, like our, our jaws <laughs> just dropped. Like, he's just so nice. And he really had so many good things to say about those kids. And I really hope that they do bring that like that impact that they're making on on them i hope that they can kind of remember these lessons and these like valuable you know that just these things that they're being taught right now growing yeah. up and continue that through you know hopefully college sports if they continue on and play but just through life in general yeah absolutely speaking about college sports texas state basketball season is upon us last night yeah last night <laughs> they played against mississippi state and they were with them for much of the game in the first half it was, they were only down by two, 24 to 26. It was actually Monday night. Monday, Monday night, appreciate Monday night. that. Monday night. They were only down by two, 24 26. And it was looking that they, maybe they can make an upset early in the season. But unfortunately, it was not to be. The Bulldogs, they pulled away on a 15-2 run going into the second half. I know, Carissa, you have more on that. Yeah, uh, I just think, you know, they just got a little outplayed in the second half there. Um, they, they just defensively just didn't really do it I guess <laughs> um yeah. they, they could have done a little bit better um Gage what what do you well I'm glad you said defensively because I mean part of the defense is the rebounding game and I think Mississippi State out rebounded Texas State 46 to 27 it was almost 20 more rebounds than the Texas State Bobcat team and I mean you can't win basketball games if you're not rebounding well so you know, obviously rebounding on the offensive glass was really important too. I think Mississippi State had 15 offensive rebounds and uh, 15 second chance points off of those rebounds. So that's just something you got to kind of kind of tighten up on. And again, I think this is the toughest opponent that Texas State has played as to date. And you know, I just want to see if they can kind of keep up that intensity that they brought in the first half against good teams and bring it to where they could win against these good teams because I think they have the talent to do it. Absolutely. I mean. Last year, we were, t we were talking about how Isaiah Small was that guy on the boards. I mean, he led the team in, re in rebounds that year, and he was top top 10 in the Sunbelt when it comes to rebounds. But last night, he had a big donut in the points category. He had another donut in the assists and only three rebounds in 29 minutes. He's going to need to produce a lot better, especially on the boards if the Bobcats are going to have to if they're going to get a chance to upset one of these big teams, especially with a matchup against Greg Brown and the UT Longhorns coming up next week. And, you know, part of it, too, was just with Isaiah, you got to get him those open looks and find him under the basket so he can make those plays. But as a team, the Bobcats only had seven assists in the game, which is their season low. And when you look at the stat line, I mean, I mean, seven assists just isn't going to do it against a team like Mississippi State. So, again, they do have a matchup this Saturday or Friday, I believe, against... Or no, Saturday, Saturday. against Incarnate yeah. Word. So against Incarnate Word, we want to kind of see them come out with that same intensity they came out with in the first half 
and bring it throughout the whole game. Also need to make sure to pass the game, get Isaiah Small involved because again, he is he is a big factor on this team and if he's getting rebounds and, you know, scoring when he can, this is going to be a good basketball team. And that responsibility really ultimately lies with the point guard and in this situation, guard Mason Harrell, I mean, he is mm-hmm. sure he's trying to t- take over the scoring role that guys like Nigel and Eric Terry left um last year, but I mean, 15 points and only one assist and one rebound, he's going to have to do a better job of getting the other guys involved. Yeah, and Caleb Asbury has been one of the guys I've been really excited for too. I think he's going to step into more of a uh, scoring role now that Nigel's gone. And uh, Actually, fun fact, right now, Harrell and Asbury are the only Bobcats to score in double-digit games in all three, or double-digit scoring in all three of the games so far. So, just something to look at. But anyway... Yeah, Texas State Bobcats will be playing Saturday against Incarnate Word, and you guys can listen to that right here on KTSW 89.9. Well, that's going to be it for Texas State basketball or just Texas State and San Marcos High School sports in general for today's episode. And now, Carissa with the weather. Thank you, Ethan. Currently, it is 61 degrees with a high of 66 and a low of 39. San Marcos is getting cold, guys, so make sure you bring a jacket today. Uh, Back to you, Ethan. Appreciate that, Carissa. Well, guys... It's been a wonderful show. We got to talk about some football, some basketball, even the weather. I mean, it's sweater <laughs> weather. I'm excited to, to bring out my new hoodies and stuff like that. But us here at KTSW, we want to wish you guys a happy holiday and Gage. Yeah, and a quick shout out to Coach Pinchback and uh, Coach Knapp and, uh, you know, just for them giving us all the coverage that we can get. Coach Knapp did, had a great interview with us today, and uh, we really do appreciate everything they do for us. Yep, and this has been the Wednesday edition of Wildcat Radio on KTSW 899.